Welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke, and today we are brought to you by Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. They have been serving Denver residents for 50 years. They are the proud sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche, as well as this podcast. And this is our third podcast this week. We have hit all the teams, so we are hitting the Colorado Rockies today with Luke Zalman. Luke, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm good. I I would say I'm a little bit sad um, just because we lost you know we lost one of the one of the goats for the Rockies this week and Jenny Kavanaugh. But other than that, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. It's I'm excited for baseball. We we are going to talk about Jenny Kavanaugh here in just a minute. But first, we want the Rockies' biggest news this week was a streaming TV deal. Um, mm-hmm. I guess kind of take me through as as easy as possible because I think there's a lot of people that are like, how does this all going to work? Like. Mm-hmm. How, how is it going to work as best as you can explain it? So the NL West has almost become a little bit of a test case for what the league wants this all to shift to eventually, as far as broadcast go. So the Rockies Padres and Diamondbacks, all three of them, they're going to have their own stream. And for the Rockies, it'll be called Rockies TV, just like MLB TV. And so there's two tiers. I mean, you can get all of, all of major league baseball included for 200 or you can just do Rockies for a hundred. And I thought the coolest part was no blackouts. I mean, the only, there's a few here and there, like the, uh, the Mexico city series will be on ESPN. So that one will be blocked blacked out for example, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a really cool Avenue for fans to be able to watch. I mean, it's, they've always had to deal with blackouts, especially if you're a local fan. So not having to deal with that is huge already. And like I said, this is the shift that major league baseball is trying to make. I mean, Rob Manfred said that by 2025, he'd like to have at least half the teams kind of in this situation, I guess you'd call it. So it's going to become kind of the norm, I think, if if M- Rob Manfred kind of has his say in it. Um, and the Rockies are just kind of on the early end. So I would say it's good news. All things considered, I think it's really good news. What's the, it's, it's like $20 a month or what, what is it for the year? Yeah, so we're looking at $100 for the year and 200 if you want all of Major League Baseball as well as the Rockies. So those, I mean, when you compare it to, I, I want to say NBA League passes, 350 to 400 typically. So this is, and you're getting twice the amount of games. So it's, you know, it's, you may not watch all 162, but I, I would say it's a pretty good deal in a, in a world where streaming is becoming less affordable. This is actually a pretty affordable cost. Well, and League Pass, as Nuggets fans knows, there are blackouts, so you yep, can't watch exactly. on League Pass. So that 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 makes sense. So the same crew will be calling the games, except for Jenny, who we'll talk about in a second. But Drew and Spilling and all those guys are still going to be involved in the broadcast. Yeah, everyone's going to be back. And I thought what was cool is I, I believe when you used to watch MLB TV, sometimes, it, and I may be misremembering this, but sometimes you wouldn't get the pre and post game. Yeah. It would just flip to a screen that said, thanks for watching. But what's cool about Rockies TV, they'll have pre and post game. Those will also be broadcasted. So you'll get the, you know, the set early on. You'll get the set after the game. You'll get everything in between. I mean, it's it's going to be just like a regular broadcast. It's just going to be housed in a different spot now. So like we talked about, you know, they lost one of, one of the best in Colorado, and that's Jenny Kavnar, who is now headed to, uh, well, at least this season, the Oakland A's past that. Who knows what she'll be calling A's mm-hmm. games. I'm sure I, I heard her on the radio yesterday, and she was like, I'm just going to go wherever they tell me because it's still mm-hmm. kind of a mess. But she'll become the first MLB play-by-play female broadcaster. This is just a, a wonderful honor for a wonderful person. Oh, it's amazing. And, and I, I mean, it's I think everyone in that building had always known that 
you know, Jenny subbing in, it was always great. I mean, she, she just happened to be paired with someone who's really awesome and Drew Goodman. So it really, you know, when they're switching off, it didn't give her as, as many opportunities. And that's what I love is you could tell from the very first game she did any type of, you know, in-game announcing, you knew she was going to be good at it. I mean, from the very first jump, she came up with one of the best slogans I've ever heard right away, fire up the fountains. Yeah. I mean, she she gets it. She understands all of this. And, you know, whether it's coming from a baseball family, whether it's, you know, having, you know, whatever it may be, something about her in baseball, just it's a perfect match. And I mean, she's, for my money, she's as good as it gets. I mean, I, I am very jealous of Oakland because what an announcing crew they have now with Dallas Braden and Jenny Kavanaugh. That's a really good duo. You know, and she is Colorado true and true, you know, born in Aurora, mm -hmm. went to Smoky Hill, uh, mm -hmm. went to CSU. I mean, this has always been home for her. I know she spent some time in California working before she came to the Rockies. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She had some time in Flint, Michigan as well, right out of school. And then, yeah, she did some stuff for the Padres. So she's been within the NL West for a while now, jumping from Padres to Rockies. And I don't want you, you'll have a big story coming out next weekend, kind of on women in media in Colorado, but just maybe just a little quick breakdown of that. You know, we've had a lot of superior talent come through Colorado on women mm -hmm. broadcasting, you know, Alana Rizzo, Carissa Thompson, um, Lauren Gardner came through here. Now, Jenny, mm -hmm. like, and now we have currently as well. I mean, th this is really, I mean, this is top of the game on in women's broadcasting here in Colorado. Yeah, and I know Colorado is – I mean, we, we've seen it whenever spots have opened up at the Gazette. It's a very – people want to be here. They want to be yep. in Colorado. So it's it's no surprise that, you know, some really talented people have come here. But, I mean, we, we have – it's as good as it gets. I mean, if, if there's another set of journalists in a state better than Colorado, I mean, I'd be, I'd be really surprised. I think from Romy Bean to Susie Wargin to now Jenny leaving, but – in her stead, I mean, Kelsey Winger is still going to be here. She's amazing. And so there are so many powerful women in this state. And what I love is it hasn't become a competitive thing. It's become a let's raise everyone up. So they had a luncheon that Susie Wargin organized, I believe, on the 31st of January. And she was able to get a bunch of people that are in the field currently, like Lindsey Jones, longtime Broncos reporter now, just athletic or ringer league reporter. I mean, just everyone, everyone I mentioned as well. And what I thought was cool was they also included Ruby Kayser, who's a student at CSU. I've been following her work for a while. She's really good. I mean, she's a Division One volleyball player all while doing broadcast stuff. And her reel's as long as anyone there. And they included her. And that's how you set up the next generation for when Jenny goes. Well, maybe Romy steps in to her spot. Ruby steps. I mean, it just starts building each other up and it becomes an avalanche of producing amazing journalists that are really hard workers that know what they're doing. And so it, that was, that's been really cool to just get a behind the scenes look at is the type of support that's available in this state, because I think there's a lot of states where that's not as much of a thing. And instead it's kind of a overly competitive and it's pretty cutthroat here everyone's competitive with themselves. And that's what I've heard. They say, I want to be good for me and for the women around me. I'm not trying to battle the person who's in a role next to me. So I, I think that's really cool and very surprising in, in today's media landscape for, for a state to have that. They just rotate hosts for a while, probably on the studio show when Jenny hosted. 
Yeah, yeah. So they she she would host. She would do some of the uh, play by play stuff when Drew was out, and then she would do pregame, postgame. It's it's all rotational, and that's what's so cool is when she's been able to bring Colorado State and other media students with her. They've gotten to see so many different roles in one day because Jenny did so much on a given day. She might jump from desk up to the booth, back to the field, then to the – I mean, she's all over the place. And that's been really great just hearing from students. Them getting to see that has been really special for them. All right, let's flip to actual baseball because the Rockies are in Arizona. Spring training uh, – pitchers and catchers have reported full squad on Tuesday. Is that right? Yep, yep. So full squad, but most – I mean, just They're from the deals pouring out, most of them are already there. But, yeah, first full squad practice will be on Tuesday. So Bud Black actually talked yesterday. Uh, biggest story from that, still no extension for Bud. Um, we're still waiting to hear on that. Yeah, a little surprising because last year on the first day of spring training, he signed that one-year extension that was going to – it was it was basically a two-year deal at that point. He got that second year, and it hasn't been announced yet um, this year. And I, it's not the most um, groundbreaking thing in the world, but considering the last two years he would signed an extension – at the beginning of spring training and then didn't this year, it is somewhat noteworthy. I mean, maybe they're just a couple days behind. They're going to sign it soon enough. You know, it's, it's kind of up to speculation, but it was a little surprising. I was pretty prepared for them to announce an extension yesterday. And when it didn't come, I thought, okay, well, maybe there's something going on. You know, maybe there's a hang up in the car. I don't know. Or maybe he's going to, for the first time with the Rockies coach on the last year of a deal. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, but he did talk yesterday. So what were some takeaways from him speaking to the media yesterday? Yeah, I, I think, and this was a takeaway even from FanFest, whenever you've talked to players, I think the biggest thing I've noticed is there's a real spirit in the building right now, and it's coming from the players. The players, I know they lost 103 games, and they very much know they lost 103 games. It gets mentioned a lot. They have not forgotten and I think what's coming to light is just their competitiveness as players, as a team. They want to be the reason it changes. They, there's, no, there's no victimhood. There's no woe is me. I can't believe it. There's none of that. I mean, they want to be part of the next set, you know, sector of Rockies baseball that, that gets back to winning. And it was, it was kind of interesting. He said Dakota Hudson, you know, who they just acquired on a one-year deal this offseason, they said he came into camp and he was blown away by the effort level day one. I mean, blown away by just how hard everyone was working. And obviously pitching is really important for the Rockies. So for him to see that day one when pitchers and catchers report, that's never a bad sign. So it's there's a really – there's a huge competitiveness in camp right now. And there's a lot of pride. That was the word that was used was these guys have pride. And losing 103 games is a really big shot to your pride. Uh, you and, and our and your and our colleague Vinny uh, wrote a Friday face-off that came out this morning uh, about the next big star in Colorado. Of course, we have plenty of stars now, but the next big one. And you wrote Nolan Jones. I, I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he probably could turn into the face of the Rockies. What in two years? Maybe even quicker. It's really. It, it kind of depends because it's it's weird in baseball. Obviously, since you have pitching staff and then you have hitters, there's almost this weird kind of line through the middle. So Kyle Freeland is largely the leader of the pitchers. I mean, he's the guy. But once Charlie Blackman leaves, there is going to be a little bit of a hole as far as, you know, outfield help, that type, those type of lessons that can be taught. And that's an area where I really think Nolan Jones will step into. So that'll depend. 
I mean, it, Nolan Jones said he would sign Charlie for another nine years. So he doesn't want to overtake Charlie anytime soon. But once Charlie does retire, Nolan Jones really does feel like he's next in line. Uh, you know, that'll be cool. Like reading about him more and more, like, you know, he's, I mean, kind of, because he could be a complete player, honestly. He could. Well, and that's the thing is he is very inexperienced in the outfield. Yeah. So for him to set the outfield assist record year one and really become by the end of the season, what we noticed is all the runners that Nolan Jones and Brett and Doyle have been throwing out. No one was running anymore. So they were saving, I mean, three to four runs a week just because of their arms, just because guys weren't going to test it. And that is really impactful throughout an entire season. If you're doing that every week, preventing runs that way, that's really impactful. And so I think a little bit of it too comes from, he wanted to be a hockey player early on. He really did. And, you know, some head injuries and stuff kind of forced him out of that lane. But I do think there is a really stark competitiveness in hockey and very much a, I mean, I mean, you've seen hockey players die on the ice and return to games. I mean, this is this is a sport where that is kind of the motto. You play through, and Nolan Jones does seem to have a little bit of that mentality, even in a clubhouse. He is extremely competitive. I mean, it is it it, it borderline. You you want to tell him sometimes, like, hey, Nolan, you're doing a really good job. You're being pretty hard on yourself. You know, he is, and it reminds me a lot of Nolan Arenado and what he was like. And so you put the skill set and the mentality together, and it's uh, he's as good of a bet as anyone on the Rockies to be a star. So like we talked about the, the full squad's pretty much there. People, I don't know if there's still, I mean, a few, you know, coming in late. But mm-hmm. Tuesday is the first full squad workout. So what's next week look like for the Rockies? So, yeah, next week is, is when it really gets started. I mean, pitchers and catchers reporting – it's always an important day, especially, you know, for, for an organization like Colorado. But next week's when it really gets started. You have your first full squad workout on Tuesday, and then you have your first game against Arizona on Friday. So you don't have a ton of time. I, the thing I'm very curious to see is what the lineup's going to look like yeah. um, because they have a lot of top prospects, but also some guys that feel like they're kind of at the end of their clock with the organization a little bit. Some guys that – if this year doesn't go right, you know, they may be out of town. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they mix those combinations up and and who they want to see most. Because, you know, you could argue it's Zach Veen. You want to see how he's recovered. But Adeo Amador, their number one prospect, he's recovering from handmade surgery. So you kind of want to see what he has, too, after winter ball. So there there's so much to watch. And I think the lineups and – all of those things are going to be kind of important, but I, I'm just curious to see the players that are going to get the most time to kind of show what they have. So, you know, something we didn't hadn't talked about is Daniel Bard, who will miss mm-hmm. most of spring training. Um, you know, he has had a very up and down. I mean, he had his mental health stuff last year. Mm-hmm. Now he's got the injury. It Ever since his really good season with the Rockies, he's kind of been – up and I guess up and down or you know he's just dealt with a lot in two years well yeah and you you think last year it's just from the word jump it was it was a little it was rough because he goes to the world baseball classic and it just it, it, it he wasn't ready and so he dealt with some problems at the world baseball classic some hit batters some a little bit of resorting back to the problems he dealt with in Boston the the kind of mental strain that it's causing and so he started the li- the year on the injured list for anxiety. I mean, it was a really big deal. 
he worked his way back. And when he came back, he was awesome. He was, you know, sub three ERA. He was really good. And then those final 21 appearances are the ones that really sunk him because he had a not, he had a, over a nine ERA, those last 21 appearances. So you started to see some of that mental strain coming in, missing the strike zone, not having the feel. He attributed it to his arm slot, though. He said, you know, I'm, I'm overthinking the arm slot, and that's why the inaccuracy is coming. You know, that's, that's a very realistic thing in baseball. I mean, it's very possible that's the reason. It's very possible that it's one reason in a bigger set of reasons as well. So it, I, I really was looking forward to seeing him come into camp you know, he was already dealing with some arm stuff. So he was already going to be, you know, a little bit patient in camp with that. And so they did get good news. It looks like he'll only be out about four weeks. They did not need to repair his meniscus. So it turned into just a more of a routine arthroscopic cleanup, which it shortened his timeline a little bit. But yeah, he, he's going to miss spring training. And um, I don't anticipate he will be available day one if it's if it's just my opinion. But um, we'll, we'll find out as camp goes. It's, you know, injuries are, are a fickle thing. Who's slots into that closer spot then? I, I would, I would think it's going to be Justin Lawrence. Yeah. I think last year towards the end of the year, some fatigue got to him. It happened to Jake Bird too. He was one of the better relievers in the league, Fatigue got to him. So I think from, from day one, I think it's going to be Justin Lawrence's role. And I think they have Tyler Kinley as well. That can kind of, you know, slide in there if needed or if, you know, Lawrence is two days in a row, can't go a third. So they do have some options. They brought in some other guys, um, you know, a John Curtis on a minor league deal, a Jalen Beeks. I mean, they brought in some some other relievers too. So the loss of Brent Suter is going to be huge, but I do think at least for that ninth, eighth, ninth inning role, I do think they have a little bit of depth there to play with. And I, I think Lawrence coming in fresh, I, I think he has – at least the ceiling to be one of the best relievers in all of baseball with his combination of arm slot and stuff. So it, it's just a matter of making sure that stuff stays where it needs to be and doesn't drift over the plate like it did at the end of last year. So we already talked about some prospects. We talked about the lineup, closer. Anything else you're really looking forward to next week when the whole team's out there? Um, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing some of these young guys. And this is yeah. the first year where fans are going to get a spring breakout. We've been writing about it a bunch, but – it is a very big deal. And there's going to be for three days, Major League Baseball is going to have about the top 25 prospects for every team play against each other. And that's just something that we've always, I think baseball fans have always wanted something like that. They've always wanted a chance to get to see all these guys at once. It just has never worked out. So I think that is what I'm most excited for. I think it is going to be a game changer for baseball. And I, it would not surprise me at all if they expand that to include more than one weekend after this year. I think it's going to be a hit. I think it'll be a really big success. And when, and when does that, when do they play that? So that'll be 15th through the 17th are all of the games, but the Rockies specifically will play at seven on the 16th. They're going to play the Diamondbacks who have a pretty good farm system. So that's, there's going to be some, some really good names in that, in that game. And, you know, obviously for the Rockies, Adel Amador and Yankee Fernandez, Jordan Beck I mean you you hope you get to see all those guys at once because that would be a really cool experience who's gonna pitch for the Rockies in that <laughs> uh, that that's gonna be interesting that's if if I had to guess right now my my money would be on Carson Palmquist he was a pitcher for he's you know was at high Spokane last year 
I believe he almost struck out two hitters per every inning. He was really good. And so he's their number 21 overall prospect. And so it won't surprise me if he's the starter for that game. I think Carson Palmquist is a name to watch in spring training. Well, yeah, because their biggest prospects in pitching are still either hurt or that other guy, the guy that drafted last year, They when does he start throwing again? When are they going to let him pitch? So it, he should start throwing. I mean, he should be throwing right now. I think this year is going to be a lot more normal for him. I think they did want to give him a break at the end of last year. Yeah. This year should be a lot more normal. And Gabriel Hughes, it's unfortunate he was supposed to kind of pair with Dollander, um, had to undergo Tommy John last year. So obviously he's a little behind now. But it, it still won't surprise me if those guys hit the league at the same time. And so this spring training should be an opportunity for the Rockies to really get to see Dollander within the team construct, you know, because I, I really don't think they've been exposed to that much after holding him back a little bit last year. I think, and you and I have talked about this on numerous podcasts, like I think Rockies fans need to realize, like, this is really a, I don't want to say wait and see, but it's a lot of like, it's evaluation time for this organization. And, and these guys are going to, like you said, like they're going to see some guys, like I think Montero, this is probably his last chance to do anything or where does Tovar take the next step? Like things like that. Like they're probably going to lose 95 games this year, probably, but you know, it, it I think people want to see something. Well, and the names to watch in my mind, the names to really watch are going to be Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rogers because yeah. at FanFest already, Bill Schmidt and Bud Black, it's not that they're disappointed in Ryan McMahon. It's not quite that, but they think he can be much better than he even is right now. They see a far higher ceiling than what he's shown, and they're just looking to get that consistency. I mean, he set the record for strikeouts in franchise history last year, I believe, or he finished second. He was he was up there, and I think it's kind of a make-or-break year for him because – he, he really needs to show that he can be that guy for them moving forward. And, and Brendan Rodgers, that's partially because of, you know, last year was a tough one for him. But he's got guys on his tail as well. And one of them is Adaya Amador. And so that causes a lot of urgency when you have new guys coming up. And outfield is going to be a bloodbath moving forward. They are going to have so many good outfielders. That I I think as a fan, you hope that level of competition raises everyone. I think that's what you hope. And so, yeah, Jordan Beck, Yankee Fernandez, Hunter Goodman, all these guys battling for for time in spring training to show what they can do in the outfield. I mean, it's going to it's going to be fun to watch. I know Rockies fans might be disappointed because, yeah, we're probably looking at another 95 loss season. It's it's probably going to be around there, but. This year, there's a lot of lottery tickets. And if nothing else, it's kind of fun to see if those lottery tickets are going to hit big or if, you know, maybe you don't have them. And as a fan, I would prefer that over a bunch of veterans that aren't figuring into your future. I think that the Rockies are finally doing something to move towards a younger team. And if I was a fan, I'd be excited about that personally. I mean, Chris Bryant and Charlie are the only real veterans on the team, right? Yeah, I mean, you have Elias Diaz in Elias the last Diaz, year yeah. of his deal. So you have you have some vets in that building, but yeah, it's the majority of players in that building are on the early side of their career and not towards the latter side. You know, Charlie is is one of the very few like that. You know, I mean, I feel like baseball season here in Colorado is it's snowing this morning, but uh, yep. it's closer than we all think. So it's it's coming up. It's be uh, exciting to see these young guys and spring. You know, they'll be playing games on a Friday, right? 
Yep, yep. Friday they start, and then, you know, just like every baseball season, it's once it starts, it's it's day after day after day. So it's Friday is when it starts, and like I said, I if I'm a fan, I'm excited for what this team could show this year. Make sure to uh, subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Uh, Luke and I will be talking every week, uh, usually on Fridays, to uh, preview the weekend and look at the week before. Um, and, yeah, Luke, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk again next Friday. Excited to do it. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.